What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. We have a lot to get into today. Um, Actually, some pretty breaking news as we record this that has happened uh, that we'll start off with. Um, We'll get to that in a second. We'll talk trade deadline is coming up before our next episode this Thursday comes up. Um, I believe we're probably going to do a trade deadline special episode instead of our normal Saturday episode or Sunday, whatever our weekend normally episode that we release, I think we're going to do a trade deadline episode instead. Um, March Madness, I know we're, we're not really a college basketball podcast. We're not really going to get into it, but uh, I know Jake and I are in a group together for um, brackets. Jake's doing terrible. I'm doing okay. Um, so uh, I know a lot of people, even if you're not a college basketball fan, that's all you've been watching the past couple of days, myself included. Um, how's everything, Jake? You've been watching the games, uh, NBA and college, and what's uh, what have been your thoughts on? I guess on the college game as a co- uh, college basketball, real quick as well, because you know a lot of these guys will be seeing in the NBA come next year. Yeah, there's definitely a good amount of guys that I've seen, uh, and they'll definitely be first round picks. Even a guy like Jason Preston yesterday for Ohio was. Uh, put in a great all-around game. That's kind of what he's known for. Gets his teammates involved. Uh, Scotty Barnes from good old FSU. Uh, so there's a bunch of prospects. Uh, Illinois just lost, which was insane. But uh, who knew? Loyal Chicago, of course, with another uh, what seems to be magical run. Um, they play tough. Um, and, you know, they play great basketball. Uh, they're always a bunch that seems to, to get the job done. So they just took down Illinois, which was my winner, which sucks. Um, but as Ryan said, I, I have like 13% of my bracket correct right now. And uh, it's kind of going downhill, but it's okay. There's always next year. I'm kind of putting this bracket to waste um, now because it's so bad. But, yeah. uh, it's not that you're 13. It's not that 13% of your bracket is right. It's just you're in the 13 percentile, which is pretty bad. One of my brackets, because I did like six brackets, um, the one that I put least thought into, which was literally like right before the game started, actually two of my brackets right now, I'm in the 96 percentile, which is like, I think I am tied for 500, 550,000th in the world out of 14 million people. So I'll take that. My main, main bracket, I had Illinois winning as well. Uh, I have, I'm in, and this is for ESPN actually, I'm like in the 61 percentile, but anyway, we can talk. I could talk about March Madness all day on this episode, but I know we have other things to get into. Um, but I thought that was pretty fun. And I think next year we'll probably we should have done this year a uh, a, gr- a group on on ESPN for our listeners out there, so that way we could all be in a group together, see all of our That's brackets and stuff like that. Um, let's get into it though. Um, last night, or yeah, when you guys are actually when we record this, and when probably most of you guys will listen to this uh, last night. The Lakers and Hawks played. <clears throat> the Lakers obviously being without Anthony Davis for about a month now, even longer than that, due to an Achilles injury. And then last night, they suffered a bigger blow. LeBron James, uh, I believe a high right ankle sprain is what they're calling mm-hmm. it, um, out indefinitely. So the Lakers right now, they are tied for second in the West with the Suns. Um, or second, Now they're third. Uh, they're third in the West, um, right behind the Suns at 28 and 14. Um, they're six and four in their last 10. Now they, they obviously haven't been the team that they were obviously with Anthony Davis and LeBron. This is interesting. And, and I will preface the question with this and I hope LeBron comes back soon. Uh, I have to say that. And obviously we'll get into the whole MVP discussion, but I want to start off with this. How much trouble, how, what's the panic level right now for the Lakers uh, when both of their MVP caliber players are now out indefinitely? You know, they don't know when they're coming back. And this is a team that struggles, you know, just has struggled when, you know, Anthony Davis has just been out or LeBron has just been out. Now both of them are out. How, what, what is their panic level in your opinion? Uh, it's definitely up there, maybe a seven or eight, uh, because – you have, and the good news is, is at least we look back at LeBron when he was out a couple seasons ago, it was 2019. Uh, but that team was not um, at the caliber. I mean, that was a lot of 
uh, you know, third-year players, second, third-year players. It was kind of a very young team. Um, now you have the pieces around. Um, but then again, it's all about – we've seen this with a bunch of different teams about just continuity. Um, you see, like, teams as in the Heat not getting a break, the Celtics not getting a break as far as COVID goes. Um, this is just unfortunate um, injuries that have – really affected um, the Los Angeles Lakers. And you saw yesterday, um, there was like some controversy as to whether or not like uh, the intent of Solomon Hill was uh, something that wasn't uh, a basketball play. Total bullshit. Total, total bullshit. I mean, I've never heard of, of hustling for a loose ball as intent to hurt someone, but I'll let that go. Yeah. Well, that's NBA Twitter there. So, uh, you know, there's there's definitely some worry when you have two of the top five NBA players um, on the same team being out for your team. Um, I think the biggest thing for them is that obviously you have a more experienced team than than when LeBron was out two years ago. But you need to be able to uh, really capitalize because the Western Conference standings are super close right now. Um, we've talked about in the East, but. Give a little bit more attention in the West because two through six um, in the playing games start from seven to ten. So two through six is separated by two and a half games. Um, you have the Suns in there, the Lakers in there, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Blazers. Um, so that race is going to be super close. Um, and now, again, I think there needs to be more attention on the fact that there needs to be moves um, made for the Lakers that are more short-term um, and contractually they need to figure out um, certain moves that won't really cost them um, later down the line. Well, especially because, you know, you don't have a whole lot of cap room. Um, there's been talks about Andre Drummond. Um, he's making a boatload of amount of money. Uh, but again, that, I think his contract ends, ends pretty soon. Um, but still, I think that you need to capitalize well, I, I on, on a move that isn't that isn't really uh, won't really hurt you, you know, long term and more of a short short term, especially with his injuries here. Well, I, I think for someone like an Andre Drummond, I think him, Lamarcus Aldridge, I think those are can, uh, buyout candidates, and I yeah. think those that's where the Lakers would come in. Um, I know we're going to speak about Lamarcus Aldridge specifically later in the episode when we talk about trade deadline and and, uh, and what that could factor into. Um, I think though that there there's a level of panic. I, I I would probably put a five or six, not as high as you, um, just because we haven't seen them play yet. Who knows? Maybe um, they come out and surprise us. Um, but you know, let's see. They they also, play how much Phoenix. Is, how much of they that play, is LeBron though? It's a lot. Well, they play Phoenix tonight, which is Sunday night. Then they play at Phoenix. Then they play New Orleans. Philly, Cleveland, Orlando, Milwaukee, and that's their next six games. Yeah, I mean, there's the that's you know the that's Suns, a decent stretch. Yeah, the Suns, Sixers, and Milwaukee. You know, those are games. Obviously, you circle on the calendar. Uh, the others, I, I don't know. I mean, you the Magic been struggling mightily. Cleveland struggling mightily, even though they just beat Boston, which Boston is a shell of themselves. Um, so. They're going to need it some, you know, when you say indefinitely, it's just like, who knows how long they can get through this stretch with, um, because it could be a week, it could be two weeks, or it could be two months uh, where he's out. Um, Obviously, we saw this a couple years ago, well, his first season with the Lakers, LeBron, and this is LeBron, someone who doesn't get injured, you know, very often, if at all. And, you know, obviously, like you said, different team, but I think they were third in the West at that time, much earlier in the season, obviously. And then mm-hmm. they fell and ended up not making the playoffs that year. Also, LeBron was out, I think, for like three months of that season. Um, I don't think he'll be out three months of this season. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the, the second through six in the in the West right now is, or, yeah, tied by two and a half games. Uh, you go into that seventh seed where the Spurs are. And and I don't know, you know, obviously I think the Spurs, that team's going to look different. Obviously, LaMarcus is already not playing, but that team might look different come after this week with the trade deadline. Who knows if DeMar DeRozan's on the move, um, Rigay, w- what happens there. But still, with Pop as your coach, I think they're going to be pretty decent. Uh, the Mavs, everyone's just been kind of waiting for them to make a big jump. 
Um, Golden State's struggling, but then you look at, you know, Denver and Portland. Portland just got bit back CJ McCollum. Denver, you know, eight and eight. They've won eight out of the last ten, three in a row. There's a, you know, there's a sign, you know, there's a level of panic, and then you said, you know, what do they do with the trade deadline? And I think they they stand, they keep going with what they would have done, but also who knows? Maybe they. The thing is, though, who do what it what, who's someone that they can bring in when you say short term? Is that like you're talking like Victor Oladipo, someone that can like. Even though Victor Oladipo is, is has had a horrendous season, sort of uh, with his shooting splits, but when you say that, what who are you thinking of short term? Besides, on or are you just saying like what they normally would have done if if AD and LeBron were healthy, where just bring in reinforcements um, for your team to make the depth better, kind of like what they did last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I see um I see a guy I want to say JJ Redick. Um, a veteran presence who someone who could shoot the ball. Um, I don't know exactly how well uh, the Lakers are shooting from deep this season. Um, I don't think it's, you know, anything too crazy. Um, and I think JJ Redick is a guy that you look at and say, you know, he's been rumored to go to several um, contenders across the league, Philadelphia, Boston. Um, so you look at, um, yeah, the Lakers are bottom what, bottom ten in three point percentage, so they're not one of the best shooting teams in the league, obviously. Um, so I look at a guy like JJ Redick who could come in and um, and provide some three point shooting for them. Um, again, you're going to need. I think Dennis uh, Dennis Schroeder is, is going to be a guy that you're going to look at. I talked about that when when AD and AD's already been out for a month already. Um, since February 14th, but uh, you look at Schroeder and he needs to be more of a factor um, because you, we know what he brings. But again, you need that guy to be even more now because you had LeBron is sort of um, the guy that can, you know, uh, add some, of course, add some playmaking along with Schroeder. So uh, I think you could definitely use another creator. I mean, again, there's a lot of different things you could use because AD and LeBron obviously bring so much that I think short-term fixes um, are very much needed. Um, and I think that, you know, you shouldn't really be too worried about LeBron because, yes, but, it is indefinite. But, 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 really, but my, my, my question really is, does it change their plan? When you say short-term fixes, shouldn't they have already had that coming? And not fixes in terms of, like, major fixes, but shouldn't they have already – I mean, they were going to be active at the trade deadline no matter what. So does that mm-hmm. change the targets that they're going for? Because, you know, someone like J.J. Redick – Someone like Andre Drummond, it feels like they should have already been going for these guys, even if AD and LeBron were healthy. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about. Yeah, I, who, I get you. I'm guessing, you know, Victor Oladipo. Um, obviously, Bradley Beal would be a huge move. I don't even know. I don't think Bradley Beal is available right now. Um, but do they go for someone like that and just go for the home run here? That way, they have someone in the interim that can kind of hold hold it down and. I know people are probably listening to this like, wait a second, you're saying Victoria but holding it down. It's better than what they have right now. Um, possibly, I mean, but uh, Dennis Schroeder is 14. I mean, Dennis Schroeder's having a good season, but still, I'm just saying in general, um, another ball handler on the team. And then I think a lot will come down to Kyle Kuzma um, as well and how well he can play because, uh, you know, he goes through those spells. Um, I don't know. There's... I think the Lakers are in um, more trouble than they think. or I think they know how big of trouble they're in. Um, and I think just getting through however long this is and just trying to stay. Because like I said, when AD went out, they could be the, the eighth seed. And as long as they have LeBron and AD healthy, they're going to be fine. They'll mm. make it to the conference finals. That's You can, you can r- write you. that in, you know. Book it, exactly. And I'm saying conference finals. I'm not saying finals. I'm saying conference finals. Um, but the thing is, you don't want to fall completely out. And I don't think they will. I mean, falling to the 11th seed, they would really need to go on a cold spell. Um, and then this also leads me into my next question. And I know me and you have kind of agreed on this. Uh, a lot has been made of the MVP conversation. And, you know, neither you or me kind of, when AD went out and LeBron they, the Lakers have been kind of just staying afloat with with AD out. Um, I believe they're a cold spell. Yeah, I believe they're the same place when he was out, or maybe they were the they were either second or third. I think they're yeah, and they've second, kind of you know? stayed afloat. 
Um, they were kind of done yeah. a pretty good job. Um, but you know, both of us kind of we we neither of us I don't think thought LeBron was the MVP. But how how bad does this hurt his MVP chances now? Um, him, Joel Embiid, and how how oh, this is kind of a loaded question, but also how wide open is MVP conversation right now? Oh, it's definitely wide open. I mean, it's been wide open for majority of the season, and yeah, I mean, again, if you're not playing, it's definitely going to to hurt your MVP chances. I don't think that needs to be, um, you know, discussed or talked about, um, you know, any further. I think that, I mean, obviously, uh, if you're going to be missing, if you're going to be out indefinitely, um, that means that, you know, we don't know the, the date of return. And uh, again, I think that it, it definitely hurts his MVP chances. Um, I would say that one of the centers is probably going to take it um, at the end of the season because uh, Jokic has been ridiculous. So it could be Jokic. Um, but then again, it's it's pretty wide open. Um, I say I say either Embiid or Jokic gets it, but um, that's of course, uh, you know, well, Embiid's, I, I think, Embiid's yeah. out. Embiid's out too, or he's, yeah. he's been out for a little bit, so that hurts him as well. Um, so that's why I'm kind of leaning towards Jokic. Yeah, I, I think right now you need to look at you. Jokic as the favor, a favorite, and then I mean, someone Dame Lillard, I think is going to make a big case. And I look at it this way: I mean we talked about Jimmy Butler and what he's done for the heat. And I'm not saying he's uh, by any stretch favorite or, or, you know, even not top three right now. Um, but people were saying, you know, Oh, he missed a lot of time. Well, Embiid and LeBron are about to miss probably the same amount of time that uh, Butler did. So if Butler's out of the conversation for that, and this is just my comparison, LeBron and Embiid are probably out of the conversation for MVP as well. If that's the game that people want to play with that. Um, I think that, also, you need to look at someone like Giannis. Uh, I know a lot of people think there's going to be voter fatigue, voter voter fatigue, excuse me. Um, but could he win his third straight? And you know, with the Bucks climbing the standings and him putting up another amazing year that he is, him getting PJ Tucker that we're going to talk about uh, as reinforcements, um, and the Bucks really looking to go all in. Um, where is he at? You can also look at uh, James Harden and the seasons he's having in Brooklyn and how he's reform. You know reformed his game um so yeah this this mvp race i mean i don't remember it being this wide open where it's like you can name uh from dame to jimmy butler to Jokic to Embiid to Giannis to lebron to uh, i mean even i know the Warriors are struggling steph curry the season he's having i know he was a hotter mvp earlier in the season mvp candidate um so there's a lot a lot of guys Uh, i know you said Jokic. i think i'll agree with you right now i think what he's doing um, and putting up the numbers he's putting up for a center is just unbelievable, and and he's just having an unbelievable season. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that um, I've always been a fan of Denver, the way they move the ball, um, and it starts and ends with uh, a Jokic um, at the center, at the top of the key, the way they move the ball around and you know get guys to um, move off the ball, cut, and uh, – you know, shoot the ball. I mean, Jamal, Jamal Murray's, you know, had his moments, um, not the greatest of seasons from him, but he's, he has had his moments where there's a stretch in, in being like, you know, that guy can legitimately be one of the best point guards. So um, I think that definitely uh, Jokic would be my pick. And uh, I think it makes it even more evident with the unfortunate um, injuries that we see. Um, and guys going through the adversity that I, I think really just obviously hurts their chances. Yeah. Um, we're obviously going to keep talking about the MVP race as the season goes on. Uh, there's still, I think, what is there, another two months of this season um, mm-hmm. as we just passed the midway as the midway point about two weeks ago now. Um, so a lot, and, and we'll see. And I think for the Lakers, um, that's another thing that we're going to be watching closely and how this affects them, and, and if, you know, D- Dennis Schroeder, Kyle Kuzma, and Montrose Harrell, uh, pending that, you know, who knows, they could make a, a trade this week, and one of those guys could be gone, but uh, what happens there? I do want to transition now to a trade that, they, a couple, two trades that happened this week. Uh, we'll start off, I guess, you want to go with the smaller trade first, or the bigger trade? Yeah, we'll, we'll go with the smaller one first. Smaller one. So yeah. the smaller one was the Miami Heat trading with the Oklahoma City Thunder. They traded for Trevor Ariza, and they sent back Myers Leonard, who obviously was out for the 
season with a shoulder injury on top of his PR nightmare that he created uh, just over, what is it now, about two weeks ago, um, a 2027 second round pick, which is, I think, like a seventh grader right now, Um, like I just said, for Trevor Ariza. Um, How much does this help the Heat, hurt the Heat? We can go over this real fast. I I don't think, you know, it affects the Heat, but it's not uh, dramatic. I think a dramatic trade for the Heat comes later later this week. I really do think. Yeah, well, this is sort of the domino pieces for the Heat sort of starting to fall. Um, and this is just the first domino of many uh, in terms of trades. So Trevor Reza, when the trade first went down, I kind of, I wouldn't say he's the, and again, I say this, and again, I'll reiterate that there's more trades to come, but uh, he's not that um, guy that will fix the four spot. Um, he's not a guy that you could just plug in and be like, you know, that's what definitely solves the, the four spot for us. Um, he's 35, I believe. Um, so I kind of thought of it as as sort of the Andre Godala trade um, from last season, um, except um, for the only the only difference, obviously, was that you weren't getting uh, a, a super undervalued or yeah, super like great piece like Jay Crowder on the side in which uh, that ended up turning out to be something that was amazing for, for the heat and the bubble. Um, so you are just getting one piece, um, but it is a, a, a guy that has played on playoff games in the past. Um, super smart defender. Like I said, kind of like a Andre Iguodala without, uh, you know, <clears throat> well, he is, he is a good three point shooter. Um, when he last played, I think with, uh, with the Blazers, uh, cause he's been traded like 11 times throughout his career. So, uh, I just definitely adds uh, to uh, defenders that Miami can throw out. And I think it goes the same when, when we'll talk about PJ Tucker, uh, just another guy you can throw out there. At, at, uh, and I, I think uh, it's more evident that the team that uh, the Eastern Conference teams are preparing for is, is Brooklyn because you have so many guys there um, instead of preparing for. And, and of course, you still have to give attention to Milwaukee and Giannis, um, you have to prepare for that and, and build a wall to prevent Giannis from, uh, you know, getting to his spots in the paint. But uh, more importantly, I think that the biggest question with a lot of these moves actually um, going into the trade deadline is how much do these guys have left in the tank? Because a lot of the guys that are being rumored are like 35-year-old vets, um, like Trevor oh. Reza, like LaMarcus Aldridge, yeah. like a P.J. Tucker, where it's like, okay, cool, we like the name, we like the the prototype that he brings, but how much does he have left in its well that, that's, I think that's the biggest question in this move. Um but when you're giving up Myers Leonard in a second round pick, um it's a why not move. Yeah, so real quick, let's stay on track real quick and we, we can get in because it's a very good point that you're making and I have an answer actually for you. Let's get into that in a second after we talk about these two trades. Um this trade for the Heat, I mean it's it's a low risk, high reward situation. You're giving up a guy who won like I just said, a PR nightmare for your team. He's caused not going to play anyway because he's injured. And then a second-round pick in seven years or six years or whatever that the guy will probably never see the floor. Or I, I don't think the pick is protected, but who knows how many times that pick gets thrown around in trades and where that ends up. Um, so uh, you bring in a guy, like you said, defensive, you know, great defender, long wingspan. It doesn't solve the the four problem next to Bam and Abayo for the Heat. Um, uh greatly but i think um it you know kind of patches it up for the moment um just in terms you know once trevor reza gets back to form obviously trevor reza didn't play in the bubble hasn't played this season so he hasn't played i think the last time he played before just a couple nights ago with the heat when he made his debut with the heat was march 10th of 2020 so before even pandemic started right when the nba shut down that was the last time he played he took time off in the bubble and then just him and OKC agreed that he wasn't going to play with them this season and they were going to find a trade partner. Similar to the trade that he made last year with Andre Kodala where he wasn't playing with Memphis and they traded him to Miami. Um, so, yes, but, you know, Heat struggling with, with three-point shooting brings him three-point shooting and then defense, defensively as well with a team that has been great defensively, especially over the past month or so. Um, let's also get now to the bigger trade. Um, P.J. Tucker um, traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. And ex- him and Rodney Kurds from the Rockets traded to the Bucks in exchange for DJ Augustine, DJ Wilson, and a Bucks first round pick in 2023. 
Um, I believe as well, the they got back. Um, Houston also received the right to swap their 2021 second round pick for Milwaukee's 2021 first round pick. Um, so a lot being moved around here. Um, Milwaukee also reacquired the 2022 first round pick from uh, Houston that it got sent. To, I don't know how it originally was in Houston, but it was. They reacquired that. So really, um, Milwaukee giving up two first round picks, getting back a first round pick for PJ uh, Tucker, DJ Augustine, someone they signed this off season, um, who just didn't really work out for them. Traded and then also a side trade. I think kind of involved, kind of part of a three way, not officially a three way was. Um, Tory Craig, if I'm not mistaken, right, to uh, the Suns for cash yeah. considerations. Mm-hmm. So that's both uh, off-season acquisitions for the Bucks that just didn't work out for them that they decided to move on from. Um, thoughts on the trade and how much it affects uh, Milwaukee. Um, P.J. Tucker is, over the past, I think, five seasons, le- leader in corner threes, coincidentally, as Rowe, guy we just talked about before, Trevor Reza, I think, is fifth on that list. Um, so how can he help? Obviously he's, he was a small ball center with Houston. I don't think he's going to be a small ball center here. I think he'll play more of that, you know, power forward role, uh, here. How much does that help them? And, and does it move the needle at all with them closing the gra- gap with Brooklyn and, uh, uh, Philly? Yeah. Well, let me just get, uh, something straight real quick. So they, they basically lost one first round pick Milwaukee because one of them was a swap, right? Well, the swap was, I mean, they're going to swap the pick no matter what, because mm-hmm. it had been something uh, rules wise that it just, that's the way they did it. Cause it was a second round pick. They're swapping with the first round pick for, mm-hmm. oh no, it is for a second round pick. My bad. You know, originally it did say a first round pick and that's why this whole time I've been thinking two, two first, but it is, it's a 2021 second round pick swap for two, for a Milwaukee 2021 second round pick. Um, so yeah, that swap actually never mind because they're not they're probably not going to swap that because Houston is going to have basically you know an early second round pick. Milwaukee will have a mm-hmm. late second round pick. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's no. So it is only a first round pick, and they basically swapped um, first round picks in 2022 and 2023. Uh, yeah, it's just Milwaukee's pick, which kind of changes my mindset on the trade a little bit. But go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about the deal because. Um, I don't know. Houston's always so greedy with, you know, with what they're trying to do in, in the market. And um, they were sitting out PJ Tucker um, to in order to get a deal. So uh, I don't know how I feel about the trade. I, I might need some more thinking on it. But um, as far as like, you know, talking about like the basketball side of it, I guess. Um, and I, I think that as far as PJ Tucker going to the Bucks, um, it does move the needle. You're talking about a guy that, uh, yeah, he's shooting a career low. Um, in terms of three-point percentage, 31%. Um, and obviously, this this season has been what it is. Um, but, you know, again, how much does he have left in the tank? Um, the good news is is that this is more of a, a short-term move for them and that his contract is over after this year. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, he's only making eight mils, so you didn't really have to give up too much uh, contractually to get him. Um, and you actually, the Bucks are actually saving money because they had to get rid of uh, or not had to get rid of Tory Craig, but they did to save money um, in this deal. So it actually uh, works out for them from a basketball and from a financial standpoint. Uh, but yet again, like I said, this is kind of um, the same thing. Now, again, I, I value PJ Tucker more than Trevor Reza, but you can kind of compare the deals because, again, you're trying to fight the big dog with the Brooklyn Nets. You have to be able to throw as many bodies, bodies as you can at their three-headed monster um, so again, this is another guy that you can plug in there, um, and it's a great fit. Sit in the corner, knock down threes if he's able to hit those threes. Um, but I think you know again, if he's there's there's going to be a lot of space with um, the creation of Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis, um, that he'll he'll be able to get those those looks. But it's it really just comes down to um, if he can hit those at a high level um, because they're going to be open looks with with the guys around him. Um, and I think Milwaukee is definitely in a spot now where, again, you have time with Giannis, but you have to be able to, you know, 
capitalize pretty short term because you have the pieces now. You have Drew Holiday, a guy that um, is an experienced vet that can create, um, can get others involved. Um, and he's shown that, you know, in his time in the playoffs, I mean, he's shown that. Um, so now he's on a, a winning team and, you know, you have a guy that's an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe, um, in which they had before. And then you have PJ Tucker now that'll come in and again, is yet another body around Giannis and another guy you can throw at, um, some of the games, you know, best, um, you know, players in the East, especially because you want to get out of that Eastern conference. So, um, I think it's a win for, I mean, for both teams, I think the Rockets got good pieces. Um, they're trying to get every pick in existence. Um, that him and uh, Raphael Stone and Sam Presti are competing for every pick um, in the books right now. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that I think that it's 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 a good trade. I, I don't. I'm not well, sure. I, if, yeah, I'm not sure if you could have gotten even more. I'm I'm not even sure just because how greedy houston is um but you know because they were asking for like tyler hero and duncan from the heat and i'm like dude well i, I think that i I, I think that was i, I think that was an invalid rumor i think that was just i i uh, hope it was because that's, I, I think it was but that's um, pretty nuts so this i think that it it looks good at the same time pj tucker said i know he didn't want to be in houston and and we saw you know with james harden how bad he was playing in houston and then all of a sudden he goes to another team and he's happy and and we'll see how blake griffin does he i think after being out for I don't know how many weeks, and that's another weird situation because he was conditioning uh, when you look at other players who haven't been playing and played right away. But he, I think he's supposed to make his debut in the next couple of days for Brooklyn, how well he plays when he didn't want to be in Detroit and he played bad there. But, I mean, he's having a career-worst year, P.J. Tucker, um, averaging just four points. Uh, he is shooting, he's shooting, what is he, 31% he's a, yeah. three, which he, which is, you know, Four percent lower than last year, where he shot thirty, basically thirty-six percent, five percent lower. Um, I think defensively, it's great for for the Bucks. Um, offensively, I guess he, you know, he can do what the Bucks, how they run their offense, especially come playoff time, which is just hand Giannis the ball and uh, have everyone else stand around. Which I, I've been saying this now since last since last year's playoffs. They they need to figure out. You know, this is Mike Bootenholzer, and you know I was surprised that he stuck around for this year. Mike Bootenholzer, to be honest, I I just think when you don't make adjustments in the playoffs, and and you just have your best player who cannot shoot, and other teams just build a wall like a la Toronto, a la Miami, and who knows who will do it this year. Um, you know, you need guys who can shoot around him. I guess PJ Tucker with that corner three can do that. Um, yeah, I think it's a nice move. Um, I listen. I I don't know. Um, I I think people want to crown Brooklyn the champions of the East. I'm still not. Um, and people are going to call me crazy for this. Sold. And, you know they've only the three big stars together have only played seven games out of their what 25 games that possible. Um, you need chemistry those three guys. Um, and you know things are not done in one year. You look at uh with who was it the Heat uh. You know, other teams who have created big threes, and I'm talking about LeBron, Wade, Bosch, and other teams, you know, they just don't do it in one year sometimes. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I don't really have much else thoughts on this. I think uh, I would like to see if Milwaukee is more active and maybe plugs another piece into this um, come the up, um, upcoming days, and we'll talk about it on our next podcast if they do or don't. Um, otherwise, that's it. I, I want to transition now and kind of stay in the same lane in terms of trades. Trade deadline is this Thursday, March 25th. Um, a lot is being thrown around out there. Uh, I kind of want to go through some names with you and tell me get traded or not getting traded. Um, and you can kind of give your thoughts on it. The first name I'm thinking of, uh, Cal Lowry. Do you think that um, he will be on the move? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good first first name. Because um, if any star player gets moved, uh, I, I think it's it's probably him. Um, but the real question is, is that uh, what what package is Toronto willing to to take on? Um, because uh, you know, it also depends on how much they value him. I would assume they value him pretty high, just because he's been there. Uh, you know, he's he's been their franchise player for a very long time now. So. Um, I think 
I don't know. I, I honestly think that Philadelphia might trade for him. I really do think that um, just because they have the package to do so. I've been talking about it um, for a while now. I think that they definitely could, uh, you know, it, it depends if they're willing to part with uh, Tyrese Maxey, uh, those guys. Yeah, it, it depends if they can, if they want to move on from those guys. But um, I say, you know what, it's, it's a prediction. I say yes. I say he gets moved to, to Philly. I say he does. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's going to come down, and, and Toronto's in this weird situation because I think they they've really been um, struggling, and you know they struggled to begin the season and kind of came came back to life, and they've kind of fallen back off again, being eleventh right now in the East, lost seven they, straight games. Yeah, they've been super super disappointing, so um, they they might want to move on. Yeah, so I, I think it's what what do they want in return? I know Miami has has really picked up steam. Uh, I think also, you know, we've heard the Clippers. The thing is, do the Clippers have the assets to trade for him? I don't think so. Um, Philadelphia has always seen, you know, has always been rumored with him. Um, or does you know he stay put? I think they're going to trade Kyle Lowry where Kyle Lowry wants to go, um, as well as trying to get the best package. So I think it really is between Philly and Miami and. If they decide to trade him, which I kind of think it's leaning more more towards yes, um, you know, you look at that roster too. You have Norman Powell who's having a career year. There's you know been rumors that he might be on the move. Um, is this kind of you know the beginning of you know a retool? I won't say a rebuild, but a retool for the Raptors um, with them struggling. Uh, it should be interesting. I, I don't know where he gets moved. I think that I think I'll say it's a better chance he gets moved than not gets moved. Uh, come by Thursday. Um, another name I want to throw at you is another point guard, um, Alonzo Ball. Um, it's been rumored the Clippers. Um, there's a few other teams he's been rumored that he could possibly go to. Uh, do you think he gets moved? Uh, let's see. I want to say, I, I think, I don't know. I, I guess the question would be, or to answer that question, I'll say no. And I'd also ask the Pelicans, why are we moving him? Because I think that, um, I well, think I, that I can the answer timeline, that. In which, and, I, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a timeline guy. So I, I think that putting him with Zion, keeping him there. Well, um, well I, think I can answer that for you real quick. Go ahead. Uh, well, I think he, he is a, a restricted free or is he an unrestricted. He's a free agent this upcoming summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to de- probably demand a, a nice chunk of money. Um, that he's going to want. Obviously, this season, people don't even realize he's he's shooting great from three. He's shot more threes than oh yeah. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me. Uh, so he hasn't proved the the shot that people call broken. Um, he's a great playmaker, ball handler type player, and I think it's exactly what the Clippers need. Um, the thing is, I, I don't think I, I agree with you, and I know you were kind of still making your point. I agree with you. I don't think he's just going to get moved just because. They're gonna ask so much, you know. They're gonna ask a lot from him, and I don't know if people are willing to give that up. And uh, um, I don't. And I also think that uh, you kind of, if you're the Clippers, you kind of unloaded all those assets to get your stars anyway. So I don't think you really have uh, the any assets really that the Pelicans would be like, oh, I mean, we're gaining from that. I mean, I, I think they they just stick with their youth. So yeah. that's what I think. But yeah, I mean, on on your point with with Lonzo, I mean. He's shooting 38%. Um, it's really, you know, again, now, however way you want to look at it, I mean, there are, there are improvements. Um, you know, he's, he's making three. He's attempting about eight um, and 38%, like I said, from three. So those are all career highs, um, even if they're just marginal improvements. But he, you could see if you watch Pelican, Pelicans games that he's just putting up more threes. Um, and he's more willing to take them. Um, he's able to knock them down. So someone that you know came in with a, and he still has a very unorthodox shot. Um, he's still willing to you know make those threes, and I think that that's definitely a um, you know definitely something that when you're able to make the three ball, it it kind of puts your your value at such a, a high degree. You look at especially um, in today's game. you know th- yeah exactly like just three point specialists. It's like yeah. You know, you don't even have to do anything else. It's like, you know, you're you're already like a 
15 20 million dollar player off the bat there yeah. so um um yeah he's definitely going to have have uh more money uh, directed at him um from teams uh, especially with the development of that three point shot but um i think yeah. the the pelicans should do whatever they can to keep him so yeah but at the same time i think it's it's a uh, it's you know i think it's only a matter of time before he moves on uh, i know his dad came out lavar and said he hates New Orleans, if well, that's a tactic okay. of his, who knows? But um, well, I'm saying the trade. Sure, but. I'm saying they shouldn't trade him. So I'm not saying. Oh no, I'm he, just saying in general. Yeah, yeah. I, I I disagree with you. I think they should trade him to get. The thing is, is I think they're going to ask too much. I think they should because I don't think he's back there next year. I think he moves on. Okay. Um, but, well, if they have an inclination, maybe. But okay. Let's move on to someone else, and probably the you know the closest thing you will get to an all-star that could get traded. And as we're actually doing this podcast, I just got a tweet from Mark Stein, um, basically uh, with Victor Oladipo, the Rockets have just lost their 20th game in a row. This is obviously Victor Oladipo have already been traded once this season, part of the James Harden trade. Um, He's averaging 22, five and five in his last five games, kind of picking up steam a little bit here. Um, We mentioned earlier in the podcast, not having the best shooting splits of his career. But could really help teams. Obviously, Miami. I know Denver. Even Brian Windhorst said, and it doesn't really make sense. Uh, the Pistons are in the mix. I think there's going to be a lot of teams in the mix for him. It's going to come down to what the asking price is. Um, I saw the other day the Warriors are interested in Houston. I guess was asking for like James Wiseman and uh, I think the Timberwolves first round pick or something. Of course, I think they were. that's. I, I think that that was just a rumor. I don't know how true that is. I think that's uh, and and. I think you're going to see that a lot this week. There's going to be a lot of rumors flying around, and just you need to kind of see through the smoke a little bit. Um, how likely is it that he gets traded um, by Thursday? Very, a, very. Because on a scale of one to ten, you put nine. Is it is it like a nine or a ten? I yeah, I would say um, I would say pretty high, like that number, nine or ten, probably. And then because I, 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 and and real quick, and this you can put this into your answer. Who who do you consider more valuable right now, Kyle Lowry or Victor Oladipo? As a if you're if you're a GM of a contending team, who who do you want on your team right now? That's a really good question um, because Kyle Lowry, you have the age that factors in. Um, but I would say I would say probably Kyle Lowry because you get the leadership, um, you get more of the intangibles with Kyle Lowry. And also, yeah. he's not dealing with the with the the injuries that Victor Oladipo is. Um, so I would say at this point in their careers, um, I would say 2018 Victor Oladipo when he was at his prime um, would be way closer. Um, but definitely, I would say Kyle Lowry just with the 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 intangibles that he brings. I think that separates him, um, and he's definitely some someone that's very valuable to a team. Um, but with Victor Oladipo. Um, just to get into some of my explanation or most of my explanation here, um, I think that you, it's a no-brainer for Houston to move him. I mean, he doesn't want to be there, and all the signs port, point to Miami. And I know we talk about the Heat over and over on this pod, but, I mean, it's pretty clear to see that he doesn't want to be there. Um, again, he's playing, you know, obviously he's, he's producing, um, but he's not going to be there, you know, come this, this next uh, offseason. So you might as well try to get something for him. Again, that's the biggest question mark is what at this point in his career what can you get for him you know can you get um you know can you get good assets off of him um and you're going to get something but you know what what are you going to get i'm not sure if it's going to be um the picks you were looking for the the young guy you know because he's just not at that type of level he was before yeah um I think he gets moved. I think, and and I think his value is dropping dramatically. I think it's a, a thing of teams know around the league he he doesn't really want to be there. Um, and then also, it's you're gonna lose him this off season. You might as well get something. And I I could even see him going for you know, a kind of a younger type player. And again, you you say we mentioned the Heat example for the Heat, kind of like a Casey Alpelka and a second round pick or or something like that. Um, I don't even know if they could get a first-round pick out of, out of Victor Oladipo, and that's not insider. That's just me saying you can call me stupid, not stupid, whatever it is. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they get a first-round pick, but at the same time, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't get a first-round pick. Um, 
and I'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what content you know the Lakers again I mentioned the Lakers I don't know how much they've been rumored with him I haven't seen but I think it's a player they could look at um, another ball handler type um, wouldn't have to be the star there and, and could kind of regain form and go into free agency this summer and, and boost you know his value by just going to the Lakers and playing alongside LeBron and AD when they come back um so and then and then regarding my own question, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I like Kyle Lowry. Just every, everything that you said, intangibles, the way he's playing. I don't really care age because you know we're just talking about this season, even past the season. I think Kyle Lowry still has a good two three years left, of especially of what he does of shooting threes and just of being you know a leader in the locker room. That you know teams will take him in a heartbeat. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is going to be him. At, Victor Oladipo. I think you can. Pretty much, I can pretty much say I, I think he'll be the biggest name for sure to be moved by the Thursday deadline, um, and it'll be interesting to see if you know. Uh, I'm looking here when Houston plays again, because I wouldn't be surprised if they just say, "Hey, you know, we're just going to kind of not play you as heavy minutes or even play you at all." Um, they play again. Well, they've already Mondays. done that with PJ Tucker, so yeah, they play tomorrow and Wednesday, so they have two more games before the deadline both at home, well, actually, coincidentally, uh, tomorrow, Monday, being versus Toronto, and then Wednesday versus uh, Charlotte. Another Charlotte, another team, I think, that we need to watch for um, going into the deadline. They, Lamelo Ball has played sensational, my rookie of the year so far, and um, if they make moves, as they feel maybe they can kind of win a playoff series and just, you know, be a threat, not, not a for real threat in the East, but just, you know, kind of be a pain in the East as a team um we can go and kind of ask one one or two more players here um we can go someone big and then someone you know not as big i guess zach levine how much do you think of a chance that zach levine gets moved if at you know if at all um yeah because he's he's really upped his trade value um this season you know he's had a, a I, career, I, I, career year yeah, I'll give the short answer. I don't think so. I think, you know, the yeah, Bulls I don't, yeah. stick with him. I think it's too big of a piece to move right now in teams. I don't know if they're willing to give up what the Bulls are going to want. Yeah, I, I think that when you have a, you know, a puncher's chance at the playoffs, I mean, they're sitting at the 10th seed right now. Um, so that's going to be enough to get you in the playing game. Then you have to, you know, hope that, you know, you can, you know, have the legs and have, you know, your guys going so that you can win that playing game. Um, and that's, that's obviously if the season ended today, today it's still super close. Um, and, you know, four through 10 is separated by like three games. Um, so that, that middle of the pack to the end of the playing game is super um, tight in terms of the standings. Right now. But uh, I'm with you. I think Zach Levine is, is definitely a player that you hold on to. Um, it's not a player that you go like, Oh, you know, he's playing at a great level. We're just going to sell him. Um, sell it at a high point in, in his trade value. So um, I think that you need to keep a guy like that, especially with the the point that they're um, at right now. I think that look, I mean, you you flash you flash back a, a season ago, and um, they're dealing with a coach that's incompetent, competent, uh, a front office that doesn't know what the hell they're doing, and now they have uh, you know two like minded people in their GM and, and the coach that you know, have been really restructuring this team uh, or look or looking into uh, restructuring this team because they haven't made too many moves outside of like drafting Patrick Williams. Um, but I think that, look, they, they could be active at the trade deadline. I just don't know if like uh, Zach Levine will be that dude that they're moving. Maybe a guy like Thaddeus Young. Uh, we've heard rumors about that. Yeah, um, Lori Markman. Exactly. So th- those could be guys that you could you could move. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, and then last guy, and, and I think, me personally, I think he there's a very strong possibility he gets moved Aaron Gordon uh, a lot with the Magic. Magic struggling mightily. Uh, they've lost. Oh, no, they just won their first game. My bad. Um, a couple nights ago. I'm still thinking they're on a losing streak. They beat. They won the other night. When did they win? I don't know when they won. But it, in the standing, it says they're on a one-game winning streak. Um yeah, they, they so, won against the Nets the other night. You're, you're correct. On Friday night, they won against the Nets. Uh, so before that, they, I think they were like on a nine-game losing streak. Uh, something huge. Um, and obviously, it wasn't even the biggest story because the Rockets have been now on a 20-game losing streak. But um, how likely does Aaron Gordon get moved? 
Uh, and to me, I think that would be a contender doing that move uh, to get Aaron Gordon. Well, I'll flip it on you. Uh, who do you think he gets moved to? Because I have a team in mind. I want to see if you... Oh, um, to be honest, I, I don't even know. Um, I, it's been rumored the Blazers. It's, it's funny. I was just going to say the Blazers. Actually, that, that, I was literally, I was going to be like, Portland would be a nice move. Uh, Portland yeah. just getting, they, they love their, call yeah, them they now. love their forwards. Yeah. Um, that'd be interesting. I, and, and real quick, another player, cause I'm, I'm actually kind of like reading through a list here. Um, in case I forgot anyone, John Collins, uh, kind of a quick answer here. I know we kind of want to move on to another subject before we wrap up. Um, but John Collins, how I don't think he gets moved. I, I would be surprised if he does. Mm. Um, I think he I, does. I, 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 think I, I think it's too big of a, I think again, to me, I, I, does a team want to commit? Because I think when you're trading for someone like John Collins, he's a restricted free agent coming up, I believe. Uh, he, I know he's a free agent, I think restricted. Um, but I, are, you I don't committing, think, are you committing your max, one of your max spots on your teams? But I, I'm thinking it from Atlanta's shoes. I don't think they're, I've, I've seen things which make me believe. Well, I don't think it comes down to, to Atlanta. I, I think what? it comes down. I think it comes down to other teams' willingness to trade for him, and not for this year because he can impact. He can make a big impact with a lot of teams. I think it just comes down to, um, do they want to pay him come the off season, or are they willing? Are they good well, enough with giving up well, a bunch of assets and then letting him walk in the off season? Well, they're gonna. Aren't they gonna trade, knowing that 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 they're gonna have well, to pay him? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So that's what that's what I'm saying. Are, are are teams willing to do that? Are they willing to make that trade? Well, if, well, if to think about. Well, yeah. I mean, if they're trading for him, I, I think they're. I mean, again, it, it depends. It obviously depends on the team that we're talking about because then you know if you're, it's more of a short term fix and short term uh, plug in. Well, with then, him, I don't think it is. I, I think when you're trading for him, you're going to give up. Yeah, you're. Well, you're going to have good to, amount I, I of assets on your team that you're going to need to resign. You know, right, it's right. going to be kind of a. You're going to speak with him kind of before type deal where it's like, okay, what what are you thinking come this off season and, and we can work this out and uh, try to get that done. But well, because uh, well, because I think he's like 23, 24 now. So I yeah, think I mean it's he's like, super young and I think he's a very valuable asset. And yeah, if I'm, so you, um, I don't understand why they wouldn't try to keep him and just pay him. I know they've had contract negotiations in the past that haven't gone that well, and the Hawks seem to just stack on centers and power forwards. But I, I try to keep him if I'm the Hawks. Um, I, I I say that he gets he gets moved just because I, I I don't believe the Hawks are willing to to give him the money. So I think that you know it depends I'll on the other on, team. I'll put you on the spot. Where is he getting moved? I told you before. I like the Warriors. I do like the Warriors. Um, and they're giving up. I I don't know because I, I'm. Are they I don't giving up like, that pick from the Timberwolves? I I think that's what it would cost. I think it yeah, would cost and the pick that's from the what Timberwolves. It would probably, that's what it would probably. I don't be, know um, if they're willing to give up Wiseman. I, you know, you, you I, look at. I don't think Wiseman and that pick is pretty valuable to give up for Collins. That's, but I, that's super I like. Valuable. I like your thinking. I just don't know if it works. Um, but um, let's move on. And and got, we're definitely on on social media. We're going to keep up with all the trades. I believe Jake and I discussed that we'll do a, an episode. I think like Thursday night, right after the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, we're good enough to do that. Um, and we don't yeah. have something going on, uh, but we're going to get that out to you. Pro- probably Thursday night, we'll get that episode out for you guys and review, you know, all the major trades. Um, let's move on to our last topic that kind of been going on throughout the year: NBA officiating. Uh, I know a lot of technicals have been thrown out, um, just calls in general, and kind of the softness of the officials. I- I'll say it, they've been soft with just giving technical fouls to players for I don't know why. Um, your thoughts on it? Yeah, because I think Nick Nurse just got fined today, 50K, um, for throwing a face mask. Um, so that's that's a hefty fine. Then there's been fines for just simply saying the officiating sucks in some sort of uh, indirect way, just pretty much putting the officiating down. And it's been really bad. Um I think that, I mean I just I, I just watched just now the heat game Eric Spolstra at the end of the game and this happened multiple times this year he called for a timeout at the end of the game and they didn't grant it to him because they just he, they either decided not to or didn't see it or I, I don't know I think um, there's been a whole bunch of times this year where I've watched games and just 
uh, either players just voicing his opinion on a call and, you know, indirectly to them, like you said, and, and they just decide to team up. Um, I've seen players literally just stare at each other and not even do anything. And they're double team. Uh, oh, it was Rondo the other night. He didn't even say anything. He just like, ball across uh, was a Dennis Schroeder's face and just teed him up. I mean, just like you talk about this is the same. Mantra, you can't say and one like Montrose Harold. Oh, no. You can't say that either. You, talk you, can't, about you can't do that. You can't throw the ball no. to the refs just casually. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't even give the ball to the refs. Just <laughs> don't either. You're talking about a league that just, what, 30 years, 20, 30 years ago, you know, guys were punching each other in the face and there was no technicals being called. Now, you look the wrong way and a technicals being called. But anyway, um, any quick, <laughs> any quick last thoughts on that before we wrap up? Uh, no, I mean, not too much. I mean, I, I think the NBA just needs to crack down on uh, because if you look back, actually, there's more fouls that were being called, I think. I don't know, because I was watching this video, and um, it was pretty much just had a chart up on the number of calls um, that, were, that were being made um, across M- every NBA season. And actually, the most calls were uh, 2018-19, so two seasons ago, um, the one before the pandemic. So that was when the most calls were, were being made but it just seems like this season there's way too many calls that just stick out to you as like just it's just plain stupidity um and really just it doesn't make any sense as to why they're being called um you had the madness at at a with the the ending of the Knicks Nets game where the Knicks got screwed over oh, yeah um with was, uh, with mean, Julius Randle yeah. yeah I mean I mean that was that was crazy and I, I, I mean I think re- real quick um I think the challenge call, I, I think it's been decent. I think it's if you get it right, though, the coaches' team should be allowed to have you an keep challenge. It. Yeah, you should keep exactly. it. You shouldn't just because that way, you know, it's better. Um, and yeah, how does it? There's... Quick question because I'm I don't I don't follow these other sports um, like you do, Ryan. I'm more of just uh, one dimensional, just basketball. Yeah. So how does how does the challenge work to do? Other sports, yeah, no, no, like how does that work in other sports? Yeah, no, if you get it, um, in at least in football, uh, and people can correct, I, I might be, I believe it's you keep it's all based on timeouts. Like, if you get it wrong, if you get the challenge wrong, you lose your timeout. If mm-hmm. not, you get to keep and, and you get to throw the challenge flag, you know, as long as you have a timeout in your arsenal, mm-hmm. uh, it, unless it's inside the last two minutes of a game, which I understand, and then in baseball it's you get to i think you get as unlimited challenge as long as you get it right you keep your challenge and they so the nba's so really the nba is the only league that that where you basically lose and i'm trying to think on hockey here i know you need another one where you lose your timeout if you get it wrong and even get a penalty uh they just enforce it this year so go on a power play um i'm trying to think i think you get your challenge back that that uh, hockey, I don't. I'm not for sure on. Now that I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's some stuff that the NBA needs to figure out with officiating challenges, players and referee relationships, coaches referees relationships, player and player relationships. Just like them, just sometimes you know, it's just guys, you know, friendly trash talking, and officials just decide to team up for whatever the reason is. But anyway, um, where can they find us on social media, Jake? And uh, especially this week with the trade deadline coming up, we'll have posts on that store. I know you do the stories and uh, you'll probably put some polls out there about if guys will get traded, stuff like that. Yeah, we'll definitely be a lot more active uh, than the usual posting on our Instagram. So you guys want to check us out at underscore around the league underscore. Uh, Ryan and I will be very busy on there this week uh, with the trade deadline coming up uh, this Thursday. Um but yeah, I think that it's going to be a very fun week. Uh, again, you guys will find us back here uh, Thursday, Friday, one of those two days. Uh, we got to discuss on when we're going to be doing an episode. Um, but other than that, you guys can check us out on here on three streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Pods, and the Anchor app. Uh, so we're trying to do these things weekly for you guys. Sorry that we got you know an episode kind of out late for you guys this weekend. But uh, March Madness has been really fun. And that's kind of been hard to get away from. 
Um, <laughs> that, that's a really good way of putting it because I won't lie. That that's the, I think that's the only reason we haven't we didn't do an we didn't get an episode up by Saturday morning like we normally do or Saturday afternoon. I think we've both just been stuck on the couch watching March Madness. Yeah, we've been uh, just having fun with that. It sucks that uh, perfect brackets had to be screwed over by Oregon and and uh, and VCU, but it is what it is. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, we'll talk to you guys um, probably in the next few days. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Maybe we'll even do a live stream for uh, Thursday as well. Who knows? Uh, anyway, peace out. Peace.